It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Hilford, joined by Josh Brown. Hello, fellas. And Ben Roy Turner. The many are going to suffer for the sins of the Game Awards. <laughs> <laughs> now we th- yeah, we thought we'd gather together to break down the Video Game Awards nominations as of Mr. Jeff Keighley. Now, usually we're on the jury for this thing. We got to vote last year, but uh, Big Jeff didn't get in touch. So don't worry about it. We'll just we'll do it ourselves. In the words of Collier Jepsen, party for one. We'll just sort it out. Don't worry about <laughs> it. We've got all the biggest nominations. We've got the things to talk about. And um, so we're just going to break down some of the most standout categories. And going forward, we'll likely revisit this stuff. Um, the closer we are to the show itself or when the actual awards uh, start coming out. So going off the biggest talking point, game of the year. Now we're going to go off the initial reactions, uh, guilt reactions, because I've not been through that many of these categories. Um, and we'll just see what conversations come out from this. So game of the year is between Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank uh, Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Josh Brown, guilt reaction incredibly different from what my top six would be for the year i'll tell you that initially and um, there are some there? yeah intro oh, don't you start with this there Models. are some uh <laughs> where's mass effect legendary edition um <laughs> there is some interesting shouts in the i did not expect to see ratchet and clank in there it takes what? two is very nice to see in there um but yeah for me i look at these and i think they're all very good games uh, and for me i think i would go resident evil 8 village out of the lot but my big question mm. is boys where's returnal at where is returnal the actual <laughs> game of the year what's going where? on with that I, i'm gonna i'm gonna take that and go where's the forgotten city Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there's, there's, there's but, a few but, notable snubs but the ret- Returnal is an obvious one that's missed off a lot of these and I know it's maybe because it's a sequel as well but I don't think I've seen Hitman 3 in any of these categories no anything yeah. I feel and, like Hitman 3 it was like it was like more of the same like that's that was the best thing about it and also the kind of most deflating thing about it was here's another level pack like we're gonna call yeah. it Hitman 3 it's, it's I don't know, man. It's, it's still such a pristine game, though, you know what I mean? Especially yeah. considering when you take all of the... Uh, oh, hang on, hang on. So it was Sorry, Tetris, I, I... Tetris Connect, Tetris Effect Connect, it? but it's <laughs> not... Oh, my my, my flow was just broken there, because I just heard you go, yeah, and I'm like, I want to interrogate <laughs> that. What do you mean by, yeah? Well, I thought Hitman 3 was quite disappointing. I thought they didn't pay okay. off the story side of it at all, and like, it just was a collection of more levels and even the last one was that weird like linear level that was fun in the moment but it just i've not replayed that at all i finished hitman 3 being in thoroughly deflated by it it just was ah. I, I was really into the story they were setting up i'm i'm gonna jump on this and jump be one of those people 
that um like what i said to resident Evil like a few months ago is like that's more of a law game hitman is more of a mechanics no it is you're it just is. you're just doing a game like there were points where like oh it made a good it made for a good list as uh, lucius gray where he just got murked off like sorry mate see you later but, i feel like this yeah, is, yeah. i feel like it, it, this was more of like a a standito game where it wasn't just a bunch of well-crafted maps and it was like more levels of interconnecting like pathways and stuff you might have had that mm-hmm. but at the same time it's i reckon it would be weird to fit that into a map and always have like a map <clears> with <throat> someone a certain i mean i've said his name now so spoilers lol Lucius gray dying like over and over again if he was dying in like the corner of that map the whole time mm-hmm. then like it, it might break it they could get they could get around it but I, it's just a weird one that hitman free for me isn't mm-hmm. on any categories especially when listening to many people speaking about games throughout the year the year have all been like oh my god this is great and i always personally yeah. thought it was the best one the thing is i mean yeah it is it's an incredible clockwork mechanism of a game but so were the first two but they also managed to have the story stuff alongside they like they built a nice build up alongside that stuff like that's what would have elevated it i feel it could have been in the best narrative if they managed to pay that stuff off but like you said they mm. they've been off the one character that they're hinging a lot of stuff on and then they kind of go ah it's just let's just make up the stuff or uh, have the characters make up between agent 47 and diana and just i just thought that was extra stuff that they were building that would have been more worthwhile that they just go ah we're just going to do a dlc packs instead it kind of feels like for me like that that one year that the two towers didn't get nominated for best music because they were like ah oh, there's some of the music motifs in here from the old film Mate, mm. but then Return of the King yeah. was. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, well, there's like all these motifs and things from the other Hitman games in there. But I mm-hmm. feel like mm-hmm. if it is that good, like um uh some of these other games, like a, a Metroidvania, a Metroid, which I've not played, obviously it, it's bloody Metroid, and people want it bloody Metroid, and it's mm-hmm. there. Like it's a weird one to quantify. I feel like is there a game of the year category? Is like another game of the year again where it's just kind of like if this was a great game the other year but the sequel's kind of like the sequel of the year maybe who knows well, i think it needs to have a notable uptick i mean metroid is not just more metroid like they they add to that the movement of it the pace of it the way it's structured the boss structure stuff like it it's so yeah. much better and so much more than metroid's been in in two decades really like metroid Red will be my shout as number one like it was since i finished it and um that will be mine I, it takes two i'm surprised to see like i think that it's like that is a really awesome thing i guess they're hinging it on just how many things get done in co-op the amount of little so innovative ideas there. yeah but i just i don't know a single human soul who's finished that game like i don't think any of us have like i mean i've played through a lot of it i feel like i'm 30 hours into the damn thing but it's like <laughs> it just keeps going like you think it's gonna wrap up and then there's a whole other world to keep doing i think next week i might have it done like i'm i'm <laughs> in this i've just done a snowy world and okay it, the way it keeps progressing uh you keep there was a point where i'm around a tree at one point and mm-hmm. then i yep. thought we thought it was really done and then just keeps going and yep. he said going and going but what amazes me is every area is new it's not like oh you just like the first few bits were like solid platform and i was like i just want a whole game of this mm-hmm. and then you get away from that and it's more like you're shooting some things for a bit and then you're doing some other co-op puzzles and there's a lot of fast paced these sort of stuff like that there's a playground bit at some point where it's like loads of child games are involved in it and it made me have to do maths at one point i was like oh <laughs> as i was sort of sloped in the sofa but yeah it's, it's a weird one because it's like it's probably giving me my top 10 in a weird yeah, way oh yeah, it is, but yeah. i don't think it's game of the year i think that should have been hitman 3 if i was oh, gonna shout Lord. the clouds or the medium 
What about Resident Evil Village? Mm. I mean, no, in that spot, Resident Evil Village okay. is the game of the year. But in that well, spot of the lineup, I can see. Right. Uh, I I would have maybe you know I would take out that or even the Forgotten City. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I'm I'm glad to see it takes two. I think it represents a, a sheer pure level of creativity. I love what Joseph Farris is bringing to the industry. Mr. Josh Brown, what were you going to say? I was going to ask what you guys, you know, we've talked about what we want to win. We've talked about mm. what we think should be in there. What do we think is going to win? Because for me, it's a toss up between Deathloop and Metroid Dread. And I think judging by the accolades that Deathloop already has won, mm. that has to be the favorite, right? I mean, I got truly 10 hope out of 10 it is not board. Deathloop. I, mean, I it's not, hate that yeah. It's not, <laughs> I don't hate it's not my game of the year. I, I in the review I give it four stars, which I stand mm. by, but yeah, I feel like if that won, I'd kind of be like, eh, cool. I just don't yeah. I, I I've said it before, I'm not gonna go on a, on, a, on a bit about it, but I just I don't get the love. I don't get what that game does well. I don't think it does anything well. I think it sucks. But that's the way, where I'm at. The way this is all weighted and like critics compared to the fan vote, it's good. Josh is right, it's gonna be Metroid or Deathloop and it just really depends how many people mm. they like like the way Deathloop was awarded those billions of tens it depends if people have waned on it since because it feels like a very felt like a very in the moment game and after mm -hmm. like a lot of people get towards the end it's kind of like well there's some fun revelations but it it kind Doesn't of really go anywhere it go it goes yeah. against exact its whole identity of what it was meant to be and it's like I feel it very funneled. Mm -hmm. so they start in death loop i was like oh yes and towards the end, i'm like well that was my thing it was just that realization of like it's bells and whistles the game like i'm just i'm leaping into a map i'm going to one place i'm doing one thing and it's trying to convince me that my actions have a lot of more causality than they actually do and over time that just got really annoying but not what i want from arcane I, th I mean yeah exactly not what i want from arcane i think um psychonauts 2 i think might actually grab it like i just feel like that game, if you're talking about games that have through line of pure creativity zero business mandate zero studio interference absolutely one creative mind writ large that's what uh, it takes two has in it going in its favor and psychonauts 2 has that across the board and um, i just feel like because it's the psychonauts ip and um, i don't feel like xbox did a, a great job of marketing it that much like when it was finally ready to come out they were just like yeah it's on game pass alongside everything else whereas it does have a, a feeling of you know an auteur a tim schaefer like putting us all into it and it's like 10 years in development or something insane yeah. Um, and it's been like 13, 14 years since the last one. Um, part of me feels like some critics would actually go, yeah, it's actually that, um, which I don't know. I, I, I mean, don't think it is going to be, a. if we could see how many people, but I think it wouldn't be above like a Resident Evil. I think you're top two are Deathloop and Metroid, and then mm. if you can go Resident Evil, and then below that, it's just a puddle of despair. <laughs> <laughs> I think Psychonauts might be the one where uh, fans are really behind it. You know, fans absolutely mm. love that game, and you know, it's it scored really well critically as as well. But when I jumped into it, I can only speak from my own personal experience. You know, I didn't, I was not not a huge fan of Psychonauts One. Like, mm. I don't have many ties to that game outside of you know knowing it as a cult success and wanting it to finally be successful. But going into the sequel, playing it for two hours, it was just something that I even though I quite liked conceptually and what they were doing, and it felt really good. I just sort of bounced straight off it. Like I had two hours in there and it didn't grab me. And maybe I was in a bad mood or something when I tried it, but I tried it over a couple of nights. Uh, well, two nights playing an hour each. 
and I just it just didn't do it for me and I'm wondering whether it's a me problem and if it's just not my cup of tea or whether I need to sit down and when things are a bit well, clearer and give it a proper go I yeah guess. I didn't I didn't finish it Jules like absolutely tore like a yes. bite out of it like he did nothing other than play that game when it came out and then the only thing that put me off was the story stuff I didn't like that they reset you after you worked so hard to become a psycho cadet psychonaut across the first game and then this one was ah oh, we're gonna reset you again and work your way back up and stuff and I just didn't like that but the writing the art style like I think there is a like I said, there's a through line creative spirit to it that isn't in uh, that many games. And I wonder if like, you know, when it comes down to putting the the name on the ballot paper kind of thing, whether people actually go, ah, maybe it's Psychonauts 2. And I'm, I just imagine Tim Schafer getting Game of the Year. Like, I don't think he's ever got that. Or if he has, mm. it's been a long time. Um, so maybe, but yeah, game of the year. Um, I think considering the year it's been, it's still quite a solid selection of titles. And um, we should quickly touch on Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Josh, you said, I think you were surprised that that was in. Uh, well, kind of surprised and also not surprised because, you know, it's a lovingly crafted um, game that mm. is a total crowd pleaser. It's a lovely showcase for the PS5. Just for me personally, it's it's not a incredible game. It's a great yeah. game. And, you know, that's awesome and still worth celebrating. But when I think of Game of the Year, I think of the games mm. that totally elevated, you know, the, the medium or did something intriguing or special and for me ratchet and clank was a very good ratchet and clank and like i said that's good <laughs> and fine and it's very really appealing and i still enjoyed my time with it but when it comes to conversations about game of the year and what was left out and what that may be replaced it, it's just kind of like oh okay i see why it's there but it wouldn't be my pick it's always like what, is, what does it bring to the table that that extra little thing that nebulous thing that gives it the five stars which i ended up giving it five stars because i think it is such a meticulously crafted game and i I did love the story and I love the way that the worlds are laid out, the dual sense stuff. It was this sort of look what a PS5 can do kind of thing um, in a way that um, I kind of wanted Returnal to be more of. But <clears throat> like I said, I'll be I'll be very amazed if it wins. I um, think it is one of the games of the year. It was definitely my game of the year after I played through. I was just like, this is the most I've been wowed uh, consistently until Metro Dread. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens going forward. Next category is best indie game. 12 minutes, Death's Door, Kana Bridge of Spirits, Inscription and Loop Hero. I we had a brief conversation about this this before we started uh, recording. What yep. do you, Kena? Kena. Well, this is the thing, right? I'm not going to even going to jump into the actual nominations. I'm going to talk about the biggest snub, in my opinion, because I don't <laughs> understand why Sable isn't on there. But 12 minutes is like 12 minutes. We did a whole <laughs> podcast. We did a few videos on it. You know, we all had enjo- we all enjoyed it to varying different degrees. Mm-hmm. But that game is like it's. Mad abomination. Yeah. It doesn't come together properly. It's almost good in spite of its flaws. Like I don't think that's a game that is deserving of a big award like this. It's fun. No. It's all right, but it's it's a complete mess. And no one has that on forgotten here. city and, yeah, and exactly. Sable, like you said. Yeah, those two games in particular stand out as being more deserving. And it's funny that those two games are on um, the best debut indie because I think almost it should have been swapped around. Like I feel like mm. Forgotten City and Sable deserve to be considered as two of the best indies of the year, and it kind of feels like they've got this consolation prize at the moment. <laughs> I don't know what that category means. Like I mean, I, I guess if he'd sent the little ballot papers over, maybe we could have figured it out. But I have no idea what indie game versus debut indie game means like they they're all debuts if it's the, the year that it came out disco elysium getting completely overlooked in regards to the console space which i guess was always a, a back and forth whether that was going to start this year game that's why it might be it might be but cyberpunk 2077 also qualifying for the best rpg so it goes back and forward but mr benroy well, thoughts on the best indie game uh well i would have liked to play inscription but 
uh, I don't have a personal computer per se. I have a Macintosh, <laughs> like a like a a chump. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I feel like that Too from hearing a bunch, hearing a bunch of that, I feel like mm-hmm. that's one of the games that might take it. Hearing how that game goes and some of it's like, it's more than just the card game. And I won't spot it for anyone. I feel like you should ju- like either check out a review on it or just okay. go in because I was like, oh, oh, when I've heard <laughs> two uh, trusted sources podcasts that I like just gush about this thing i was like oh i need to go in there but that's secondhand smoke let's go to some first-hand smoke and go uh, <laughs> uh where the hell is the forgotten sea i it's i just don't it's not a debut either it's one of the indiest of all the indie games i, know. I feel like it but um yeah 12 minutes i feel like that's on there because more people just play 12 minutes and mm-hmm. there's just one of the only ones they could remember if i'm gonna shoot shoot my shot here <laughs> but yeah i i just think I can't, I can't just muster my power to talk about it when the Forgotten City just doesn't appear. I think Forgotten City is going to be the thing that people talk about, especially after the awards, because the more people will pick it up. Again, that game, though, like marketing was barely there. Like, I mean, I didn't even know what it was until Josh mentioned it. I think that's also why you picked it up, Ben Roy, but I could be wrong. But I feel like it. I thought he was talking about the Sinking City for about three months. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like I think I got those I think I got those wrong in a DM like every single time we talked about it for like months on end. Um, But yeah, I feel like they could have done a much better job of championing the fact that a small team of people took um, you know, like they took like a Skyrim style engine and built their own thing. And it is, it feels like Skyrim DLC ostensibly in terms of how it moves and everything. And, um, but there's so much going on in regards to the time loop stuff. They could have got in on that. The amount of time loop games earlier this year, you could have done that. Yeah. It just feels like such a missed it's, opportunity. It's funny what something like 12 minutes gets in best indie game. And it absolutely is independent. You know, mm. I'm not, you know, saying anything against that, but it's an independent game with a lot of money and a lot of marketing mm. behind it. You know, you've got these huge stars in the lead role. It was years and years in development. Presumably had a lot of money thrown behind it by um, Microsoft in particular when it was mm-hmm. announced as an exclusive, you know, a lot of marketing for it. And it's just kind of like, I'm not saying that that makes it less deserving, but when you've got like these other games that are kind of under the radar more and have kind of successfully <laughs> more into through. Yeah, yeah, succeeded through um, a word of mouth without these big publishers and um, backing them up. To me, that's kind of like those are games you might not want to necessarily give it um, mm. the award or anything, but those are games to champion, especially when we're talking about indie games in the indie space. Mm-hmm. Mundon should be on there above 12 minutes. Like, no one's ever going to mention Mundon out of like maybe this conversation <laughs> here. But yeah, even that, that, that weird twisted thing that I'm yet to finish, but still going through, like, I, I just know, feel man. like they, they added an extra category. They had debut indie game. And then they, I mean, I'm lovely seeing Sable there. That's also what that would be my top three, my top five. Um, but to get back to the stuff that is on there, Death's Door, a really brilliant, very Zelda-inspired top-down dungeon crawler um, action-adventure type thing. I love my time with Death's Door, but it is very Zelda. Like, you're even unlocking stuff like the hook shot. Um, like you're getting bombs so you can blow away parts of the environment. It is just very Zelda. Even though it does play very well, the combat's very tight and it looks gorgeous on uh, Series X or Series S, all the HDR stuff. Um, Cana Bridge of Spirits would just be mine though. I love the fact that an animation studio um, who were known for one fan film took that level of artistic direction and, and applied a gameplay system that it plays so well, it plays as tightly as something like Horizon. And I feel like it never, the gameplay side of it didn't really get its due because the graphics are so um, you know alluring. The art direction is so alluring but I feel like that game just should be played by a lot more people. It's very much a throwback to the Jack and Daxter era. It's a very mm-hmm. mid-2000s platformer, which a lot of people were like, oh my God, 
it's a it's a PS2 platformer. And I'm like, yeah, that's one of the best things about it. Like, what, you don't want to be remembered, reminded of one of the best times in gaming history. Like, for me, that's only one of the, the biggest positives to it. But I get um, why people might want it to be a bit more modernized. Um, but still, I think Kane of Bridge of Spirits, I hope Kane of Bridge of Spirits gets its due and hopefully that wins. Uh, for me, anyway. Um, do you guys have a, a number one pick out of this set? I have forgotten what the nominations were. Can you repeat them all for me, please? I so can. I can. It was 12 Minutes, form. Death's Door, Kena Bridges Spirits, Inscription, and Loop Hero. Interesting. See, I, there's a lot of those I still have to get to. You know, like the mm. bottom three, I still need to give a go. So I'm going to abstain from this at this moment. That's fair enough. Benroy, you're a massive Kena Bridges Spirits fan. How can <laughs> you contain yourself? I've, I voted for The Forgotten Sea. <laughs> crowbarring it in next category is a best game direction death loop it takes two a returnal psychonauts 2 and ratchet and clank rift apart now i think this should go to returnal Ooh, i think this is a good Ooh. category you know i would love to see it go to returnal but i think it might go to it takes two for the reasons benroy mm. mentioned previously just in terms of the focus on the co-op mechanics alongside the variety on display you know mm. like Benroy said you're going from world to world each world has a new gimmick but the gimmick's done really well it's just for me when I think about that or at least you know the half of it that I've played because I'm still yet to finish the second half <laughs> at least from so far and from what I've seen and what from what I've seen people talk about mm -hmm. it just feels so cohesive and it has a sense of direction that a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, a lot of the other games in that list obviously have, but th there's something there, and Joseph Farris is such a good uh, personality to get behind, yes. and you can he always leaves a distinct imprint on his games. That's always different, you know, whether it's Brothers, whether it's uh, Way Out, whether it's now this. There are similar themes throughout, but each one is new, and each one has this cohesive vision mm -hmm. driving them throughout. 
I feel like it might be down to the way that they define game direction. Like, I feel like it's how much of a specific creator comes through in a game and how much uh, is there, like, that through line sort of, um, like I said, auteur spirit throughout it kind of thing. Because I feel like Deathloop has a really defined direction to it. The art style, the soundtrack, um, the way the script is written, it is very identifiable. That Those are the best qualities of it. Um, the reason I would give it to Returnal is just because it has that really great suffocating atmosphere to it that I feel like you could pause any frame of that game and it would, it, you would know it was Returnal, like the, the squid-like creatures, the way the environments are done, that sort of dank, like, approach to, um, like, almost, like, horror-infused action stuff. I just think that'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, but also, Psychonauts 2, Tim Schafer is throughout that game, and there's so much of his mind just writ large in that game. Um, ben Roy, where do you come down? I played six hours straight of It Takes Two on Monday when I was off yes. with a friend, and... I just I feel like we play five different games and compare that to a way out that we, we played uh replayed just before this. Okay. Yeah, um like a month or two ago. And how that game is like gone in like a second compared to this. And in that game, oh you play some Connect Four and this one <laughs> you're going through and you you, know, you can do little game. mini games like I have total war, but at the same time, there's so many like aspects to this and so like much like your character is fine guru and you're like blowing up the guru or you're there's some other powers that you're lifting things up and you're reversing time and you're mm -hmm. flying around and you're and all these worlds and art like everything i feel like from a art side i feel like from the cutscenes where these characters are both sort of like battling off against each other that that weird book lad that appears and goes oh hello and i'm just like oh, i love get, that guy i'm just like get out don't touch me you weirdo <laughs> I, I feel like it takes two is blown me away by how weird and different it is this year and i feel like it just needs to win something somewhere like high up and i feel like best game direction even though i love fraternal mm -hmm. i felt like best and it's gonna that's gonna be higher on my personal list i feel like it takes two is I think that Joseph Farris like sort of like he's fully um funked the Oscars. The Oscars are finally funked and he's out there and he's like now ascended to a new level with this. I would love that if he wins in yeah, after seeing those things about the Oscars back in whatever year that was. Um I don't know if I might actually rescind my pick after what I said and just go with Psychonauts 2, because I feel like that game is just dripping in Tim Schafer. And if you're literally going best game direction, you think of the Kojimas, you think of the Ken Levines, you think of the 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 auteurs of of gaming. Um there's something closer to that with Psychonauts 2 than maybe the rest of them. I feel feel like it takes two though is like the most game like it's like here's every single genre every single mechanic we can do and we do it incredibly well from um, my toy from my little children's toy sets the scary worlds and it being mm. honey i shrunk the kids i thought it was going to be a whole honey i shrunk the kids thing and that's like an eighth of the game if that, it's, <laughs> it's mad i think that the first time it becomes like a third person shooter when you're going up against the wasps and it becomes this yeah. like army thing um, and they, all the space levels and stuff. It's just, it, it, I mean, Fares said it was going to go places, but I feel like it, considering that it's EA publishing it, the amount of money that it costs to make these worlds and make it play this well, it just feels like this insane anomaly. Um, next category is best narrative. Death Loop, it takes two. Life is Strange, True Colors. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy or Psychonauts 2. Hilariously, it might be Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know. Interesting. I voted, I voted it takes two for this one. Mm. Ooh. 
I really don't know because I feel like um, I want to play Life is Strange. That's the only game here mm. that I've not like touched at all. Mm. And that's just got like rave reviews, especially for its story. Like that series has never done it for me in the past, but True Colors seems like it's, you know, something else. So I definitely mm. want to check that out before, um, hopefully before the end of the year. That feels like uh, the only game where story is like the focus is what you would play it for the story. You would play yes. it for the narrative. Like the rest of them, they back stuff up. But a lot of these are gameplay first games i, w- I would yeah. say you you go into it takes two i'm jumping i'm just going to jump in and shout over you because i because it takes two to shout no but i feel <laughs> like you go into it takes two for this weird multiplayer thing and then the depth of these two characters sort of like being sort of like forced like i mean like in, in a weird way to sort of like get on and just like how you, it just I, w- I wish i played it with like another half rather than just like a friend because it, it feels like these two people i'm like this is naturally them I mean, it's a weird, horrible state they've been put in by this demon book lad, but how they're coming <laughs> together and they're sort of like, they're, even the way these two characters, the two actors are coming together and sort of like changing how they speak and they might have sort of a few jabs at each other, but I can't wait to see how this thing ends. I put best out before I finished it. Yeah, shoot mm. me, but I'll have it finished before the voting closes, I think soon, but the, just the, how it comes together so far, how it has, I can't. I can't. I can't believe it's done this to me. This game. I think for me because it's so banter, because everything is so. I like love the way it's written. I really yeah. like Joseph Farris's writing anyway. But I think that it is so like funny, and they're going for it to be really charming. I didn't really get much of a weight behind it, even though the subject matter is about parents splitting up and divorce, and the kid wanting them to get back together. So I'm very curious how it ends, um, considering it depends where, like, whether like you know you should be you should stay together for the sake of the child or whether it is better for two individual human adults to actually just be healthier apart i'm curious where that goes that might be the thing that elevates it overall i know that a lot of people do love the story of it takes two um but yeah josh where are you coming down in regards to this whole category I don't know because it's the first time in a lot of years where this category doesn't have the one standout narrative that affected me on a deep, deep level. Like I can mm. appreciate them all. And out of the ones that I've played, again, maybe Life is Strange will be the one for me when it comes to what I'm wanting. But it's maybe Deathloop because while I don't think it has a cracking ending, um, the story of Deathloop I was always invested in. I think the way the um, mythology of that game is told through your um, jibes between you know the two main characters or things that you found in the world. There was a lot there for me to chew on. I enjoyed the writing and I enjoyed the relationships in there. So for me, I'm kind of leaning towards that, though it's a beatable one. Hmm. I think for me, it, like, Guardians is like surprisingly <laughs> Guardians is surprisingly weighty. It's like the kind of sentence that you wouldn't like think to say ahead of time, but I think it opens really strong. They really do a great job get, like rounding out Star-Lord as a character. You see him as a teenager. You know what makes him tick. And I feel like they, they do a whole thing with the Guardians where like the, the banter, the crazy stuff is like very much an act. It's like hiding really scarred individuals underneath. And the movies did bits of that stuff. And some of the, um, the scenes in the game can be a bit jarring going from like really over the top stuff to, you know, suddenly there's like a piano bit underneath the character talking about their horrible past or whatever. But because you can't just explore the ship and talk to Gamora or whoever whenever you want, it is like Deus Ex, it is like Mass Effect, um, where you can just sit and have an actual 20, 25 minute conversation with someone um, and really pick apart their character, which I think works in their in their favor. So I guess if it's best narrative in regards to a wider world uh, and wider stuff, as opposed to like literal story beats, then um, I could see the, the case for Guardians potentially. Um, yeah, next... but, oh, sorry, but do, you, do you join forces of a broken hammer that you betrayed years ago? <laughs> and then do you also take up a big beetle and trick him with some 
with some nectar only to lob him off the edge of a cliff and then beat up a bumblebee because they're getting involved saying you, you want to get involved that's in. the high that's bar trick a hoover so it sucks up the wrong thing to be fair, it's those... own of face <laughs> <laughs> oh, just... those boss battles um are the boss battles of the year like it's it's not even that close really kane has got some good dark souls adjacent stuff but the things you have to do especially for two separate people to coordinate to beat things in it it takes two does elevate it um, next uh, category, say next question, next category from his uh, best performance. Um, Erica Mori as Alex Chen from Life is Strange. Giancarlo Esposito as Anton Castillo from Far Cry 6. Jason E. Kelly as Colt Vaughn from Deathloop. Ozioma Akaga as Juliana Blake from Deathloop. Or Maggie Robertson as Lady Dimitres in Resident Evil Village. Ooh, I know. I, I can't it's... choose between the two Deathloop people for me, because for me, it definitely is Deathloop, even though there's a lot of competition there. But for me, their performances, they're so in sync and you can separate them, of course, but mm -hmm. they work together as a dynamic, as a relationship. And that was the first thing about Deathloop that got me excited about it. The first time I booted it up, their first interaction, the performances of Colt, like immediately putting you in his headspace, how he was kind of approaching this, you know, traumatic thing with a level of humor, with a level of humanity, with a level of pathos. Um, it just, it, it was just that extra element I needed to immediately get me in. And that, even though the other performances were great, um, hasn't happened in the other games where it's been immediately apparent, like the the driving force of the whole thing mm -hmm. in the same way that it was for Deathloop. So I can't pick them apart, but I think I one think of them has to win. That they're nominated separately because they're, they're so equal in that game. Like there's yeah. so much of either of them in that game. Benroy, what are your, what are your thoughts? I would say if we're going, if we're just going for the death loop, I would say Jason for me. Mm -hmm. I, um, I just think because I would say cult, yeah. there, there's just so much more cult in there. And like obviously, you get your cult for for most of the game, apart from the other mode, and like the interaction of everything, all the characters, all like the one-liners. I can't believe how amazing Jason is in this, and I want more media with him and his voice. I want, yes. <laughs> I, I, I want like say. Give me, give me a Mass Effect style game with just me being Jason for the entire like a hundred hours sort of thing. I just want dialogue to fall out of his face and just go into my ears. Even saying that, I voted my boy John Carter Spino because that's the reason I bought Far Cry oh, Six, God. and he is excellent. In it and he has set a new bar for the Far Cry villain, even though no, it's fallen not. away to nothing. He's not setting I, I mean, if you, I mean, if you had seen all the scenes, you would know. But I mean. <laughs> The, the way, I, not to silly shoots there, but the way he he's a lot more of the same, but with a different sort of tint because I've never seen the the John Carlos has been a villain, which mm. is his his own genre. I have a child in the way like he interacts with the child and like how that doesn't go the way you think it's going to go. Like you, you think is oh it was it's definitely going to do this thing, and then there's like say a few one eighties over the course, which I don't think are just like look it's shock factor, mm -hmm. but you could easily just re reduce this down to well we've seen him be gus we've seen him be um can't remember his name in star wars right now uh and and then jason just wins because jason moff is gideon i think moff gideon yes that was it but it's between giancarlo and jason kelly for me mm -hmm. i think it's, i mean the thing is that like, when they got giancarlo Esposito, it felt like it was okay they, they're literally getting him to do his villain shtick which like there's not yeah. even that much between um gus fring and uh, moff gideon and it, for me like i said i'm only like halfway through if that probably even a third if that 
of Far Cry 6 and the scenes that I've seen with him in have been that archetypal casting kind of thing. I think it benefits from it not being I'm in your face and let's have a kiss the, the way that the, all the other Far Cry sort of cutscenes have been where the villain mm. is all locked first person. I like how it's broken out and you get your own scenes. But as I said, again, you can be re- like, there's definitely merit in being reductive and saying, well, he's been this character before, but I think the sort of extra flavor they've added with a son on here add, and the, you find out the reasons why he's doing this and, where he's going with all of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, still evil man at the end. But again, for me, the probably the biggest surprise is Jason okay. as Colt. I think it'll be between... Uh, I, I hope. I think one of them definitely will take it. If Maggie Robertson is Lady Dimitres, I feel like if she was in more of the game, um, maybe yeah. she'd get more of a chance to shine. I feel like it's almost like a meme like a meme nomination. Like I feel like she is was a dominative part of this year's uh, voice roles and stuff, or, or characters this year. But um, I was a bit let down by how much Lady Dimitres wasn't in more of Resident Evil Village. I wish there was more of her. Um, but yes, final category is most anticipated game. Elden Ring, God of War, Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I guess they're not calling it Breath of the Wild 2 anymore. Or Starfield. Oh my god. Oh man, oh, I, just, I just want to say, right, next year, if all of these games drop and everything else that's scheduled, we're gonna be we're gonna be eating well, is all I'm saying. <laughs> we're gonna have a lot of stuff to um sink our teeth mm-hmm. into. For me, this is incredibly tough, and I think based on what I've seen so far, and I know you're not going to like this, Scott Tilford, Whoa. it's Elden Ring. It's Elden Ring for me. That's my most anticipated <laughs> one. God of, God of War Ragnarok, I'm, of course, looking forward to. Love the 2018 version, but I almost know what I'm getting with that. In I kind of already have my expectations mm. for it and stuff. Elden Ring, for me, I feel like is going to be the one that's full of surprises out of mm-hmm. this um, selection. That's fair. I think the, the stuff that I've seen with Elden Ring, like it looks solid enough, but it look, if you call it Dark Souls 4, it would make infinitely more sense to me. Like it just, I don't know, I was a bit underwhelmed by the gameplay stuff, but not to get too harsh on it. Ben Roy, what's your most anticipated game? I'm uh, I'm getting the Poison Chalice here again. I, I, um, <laughs> I, Elden Ring? I, I, I want to believe in Todd Howard. Right. I want to believe in Todd. So I'm going with Todd Field here and I hope that he can take me <laughs> on his galactic sandwich quest and i hope that with now now blinders on him we're like i can imagine phil putting some horse blinders on him so now he's focused <laughs> on getting that sandwich out the door hopefully that they, we can get starfield and it's not a broken i was gonna I, say I, I, I hope it's not the sequel to cyberpunk where it's destroyed which was the sequel to fallout 4 i hope i want to believe right I want to believe too. Um, I, I, that's what I was going to ask. Do both you guys think, just gut feeling, will Starfield perform really well at launch? I mean, literal performance. Will the frame rate be solved? Will the resolution be solved? Will the bugs not be omnipresent? It's not going to be a Fallout 76. I do have confidence in that. It's not going to be a cyberpunk, but it's also not going to be pristine, man. This is better <laughs> at the end of the day. It's going to have some issues. Like, I don't think they'll be game-breaking. Mm. They better not be game-breaking. They can't do that again. They can't mm. afford to make that mistake again. But at the, at the very you know least, there's going to be some daft bugs doing the rounds on Twitter. Because they said it is the creation engine again. It's not new tech. Yeah. So it is another, it's going to feel like the old stuff again, to some, unless they've managed to completely overhaul it. But um, I like Ben Rosenberg. Hopefully that works. If if it's going to be as broken as you think it would be, I think it would then be pushed a year. Like I think yeah. we've seen with Halo getting pushed. I feel like now Bethesda are in that sort of Microsoft sort of like family where 
um phil checks up on you every like i'm gonna imagine every half an hour like hey hey what are you um what's going on now what are you coding yeah I, yeah what are you coding what are you working on man uh, <laughs> i just want to um believe that starfield will be uh it's not gonna i don't think it's gonna be the second coming of video game jesus like that some people think it's about it might time be to first win though yeah yeah i just I, it's gonna you know, like how the Outer Worlds was like, oh, we can still have this game and it's still pretty good, but we want a bit more out of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like that might be. I imagine this is going to be a much meatier Outer Worlds that that I'm guessing from being reductive thinking no, of the I, games I, in my head. I'm largely with you. I think I just I have zero faith in Bethesda, so I'm just kind of like I'm just hoping <laughs> yeah. that they do something well. It's it's been a long time since the first Skyrim. Um, my talk, my shout would just be Breath of the Wild too. I just I'm just curious what happens with that game because um, they've never sequelized a Zelda before. Like I mean, you've got like little spin-offs of stuff. There's like, Majora's Mask is it's like Ocarina, like a weird ROM hack of Ocarina, but they've never done a direct sequel or something before. So I'm just curious what that is. The fact that it's listed here as sequel to Breath of the Wild makes me think that maybe it's become its own Zelda entirely because um, it is some big jump in the future anyway. So. I don't know, but I just hope that Nintendo continue to do fun stuff with that franchise. Is it on, is it on that, that same map? No, well, it's like the, um, it'll be like a Sky map. It's going to be more like Skyward Sword. Like it was um, the uh, Hyrule Castle takes off in the initial teaser and now everything's right. up in the sky. So I don't know what size land masses are up in the sky, but it's shown Link going from place to place. So it seems like it's a bit like Skyward Sword. The reason I didn't mention the Zelda sequel mm. is that it's the one game on that list that I don't think is going to make next year. I feel like really? Starfield will probably slip in there just because they have the date, you know, actually revealed. But when it comes to Zelda, it's just 2022 and we mm. haven't seen much. It doesn't have a title. They need to do a lot within that year. And, you know, I might be wrong and I hope I'm wrong because I will bloody play the pants off it. But <laughs> if there's one game out of this selection that will slip for me, it's Zelda. I'm curious how it goes. I think they already delayed it quite a lot anyway. And Zelda, they always have a two-year turnaround. Like, there's, they've changed it up a little bit sometimes with, like, remake-y stuff, like the Link's Awakening remake. Um, but for the most part, they've hit, like, a t- I'm sure it's nearly always been a two-year turnaround um, for their main games. There's always been some sort of main game dropping then. So, hopefully. But either way, 2022 is absolutely stacked. Um, just, it's ridiculous. We, none of us actually mentioned God of War Ragnarok, which is quite interesting, considering how much of an impact that thing has. Um, but I, I think- feel like that... That game changing from Cory Barlog to Other Man has put, has made me a bit wary. I, who I other think it's because we know what that we don't know. It's mm. by looking at those games, what Sony have shown, it's very sort of like okay, these are more of this, and it's mm. kind of not like the the next thing is as an Elden Ring can potentially be as mm-hmm. a sequel to the Breath of the Wild in the clouds would be, and as as mysterious mysterious as Starfield could be, because Starfield could be just totally just just broken so i i can't it, but with those others you feel like they're going to come out they're going to be eight to tens and they're going to be fantastic mm-hmm. yeah. yeah hopefully everything uh lines up and also we'll know who has won all of these categories in another month or so i think the uh, the game awards are on the 8th of december i believe maybe the 6th is it the start? Is it the start of December-ish? <laughs> it's in December. But we'll check back in. We'll do some sort of the podcast follow-up thing uh, once we know who's actually won. And hopefully Return will get some sort of awards um, across the showcase. For now, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tailford, joined by Josh Brown. Goodbye. And Ben Roy Turner. You're all still going to suffer for not putting Forgotten City on there. <laughs> all go play Metroid Dread and we'll catch you next time. See ya. Uh-
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.